Hello, what have we here? Welcome to another episode of Lando's Lounge. This is Mandalorian Mondays. Yeah, baby! This is the second edition of Mandalorian Mondays. And we are going to be talking about Chapter 10, The Passenger. Um... So this episode was directed by Peyton Reed, who is the director of Ant-Man. Um, so it's definitely kind of obvious from the humor in this episode that mm-hmm. um, this has kind of a different direction to it um, than what we're used to. Um, so how we run these episodes is we kind of break down the episode and then we kind of discuss our thoughts and review of it. So, uh, let's just jump right in, um, to the episode. So, uh, the episode starts off right where Chapter 9 left off with Mando kind of on his speeder going through the desert back to Mos Eisley with Boba Fett's armor strapped to the side of his speeder and, uh, the giant crate dragon stake. And, it's a little bit of a cold open where he kind of runs into some trouble as he's on his way back into mm-hmm. town. Uh, <laughs> it's, he gets ambushed by some bandits. Yeah. yeah. It, okay, this fight was like, I felt like one of the most intense of the Mandalorian. Like, there have obviously been like grander, like bigger fights. And, like, more choreographed fights, I suppose. But, like, this one, like... Like, he was, like, completely taken by surprise. And, like, he's just thrown, like, a ragdoll. Him and the baby. And I'm just like, no! Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was off to a crazy start. Like, he's, mm-hmm. there was, like, just total confusion. And uh, he eventually... Like the the child gets held at knife point, and he eventually uh, is like, "You can take anything from this wreckage; it's very valuable. Just give me the child, or whatever." And so he uh, asks for the jetpack, uh, the bandit, the last remaining bandit, and so he gives him his jetpack. And little does he know, the control for the jetpack is on the Mandalorian's arm. Mm-hmm. And he just launches this guy, and uh, he, he does not walk away. <laughs> uh, hey, if you threaten the baby, you don't deserve to live, apparently. <laughs> but while also being intense, it's it was like hilarious to watch as well. Mm-hmm. So the, it kind of starts that way, and then you know you have the title, and then. Uh, it basically, like, that whole event just is a cold open. Like, it doesn't mean anything. And mm-hmm. then it, it moves on into Mos Eisley, where Mando runs back into uh, Pelimoto. Was that her name? Pelimoto? I think it was her name. Yeah. Um, playing Sabacc with the coolest alien in all of Star Wars from now on. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Mandible, <laughs> a giant ant who plays cards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, now, assuming that's an Easter egg from the director of Ant-Man, kind of mm-hmm. 
saying, hey, this is where you know me from. Yeah, it it seems so weird that I was like, okay, Dr. Mandible has to be some obscure comic book character that I don't know about that's like some deep cut. But no, it's just an ant. They're just <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it'd be cool. An ant, Dr. Mandible in here. And uh, I mean, he's cool. I mean, he's... I mean, I didn't really understand what he was saying, but he was funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he, he it was just like it's such a weird thing. It, it reminded me a lot of episode four where the aliens in the cantina are just like a guy with a wolf mask on. And it's like not alien stuff. It's just like it looks weird. So it could be an alien. So this is like just an ant. But since it's Star Wars, it's it, it's an alien ant. It's a big ant. Um, but Pelimoto is trying to point Mando in the direction of a new group of Mandalorians, um, and she knows somebody who knows where this group of Mandalorians is. Um, and so she asks. If Mando will transport um, a woman and her cargo to this other planet um, without using hyperspace. And he's like, no, that's crazy. And then she's like, you have to do it or you won't find the Mandalorians, basically. So he agrees. And the passenger, which is where the title (laughs) from, I don't know if she has a name, but everyone has just been calling her Frog Lady. (laughs) Yeah. The aliens in the originals and now here are just like, let's make a frog and a like a human sized frog that walks and talks, and that's the alien. Mm-hmm. We have Frog Lady and her cargo, which is a jar full of unhatched eggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess the whole premise is that she needs safe passage to get um, to the planet. Because she laid all these eggs that need to be fertilized by her husband. And it's like the last eggs of her life cycle. So like if they're gonna like if their family line's gonna continue, like this is it. It's high stakes operation. Uh <laughs> and uh Well we don't get that at first. Like it doesn't yeah. it just really weird at first. And like he's like what he's like, I don't speak frog and like all these things. But, like, I was surprised that, like, Mando seemed surprised. Like, you know, it's the Star Wars universe. Anything can happen. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know why he was so surprised that it could possibly be a frog. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, and the funny thing was Pelimoto speaking frog. Mm -hmm. He's just like... (laughs) Yeah. Uh, In this episode and the last, it is introducing a lot of new languages... (laughs) Uh, showing characters speaking something other than basic. Yeah, um, which is interesting. Um, but what I loved was that uh, Frog Lady was like, a, a, I think, completely practical effects. I don't think there was any CGI. Maybe her tongue. And also later on when she kind of was hopping on all fours. That yeah, definitely like... looked. Yeah, that definitely looked CG. But yeah. Um... So uh, she's ch- carrying these eggs, and 
as soon as we are introduced to these eggs, I swear it's like a John Hughes 80s movie where the cue, uh, the romantic music cue hits and we zoom in close on Baby Yoda's eyes and he's head over heels for those eggs. He's fiending for the eggs. Oh my gosh. It's such a weird, funny, but like morbidly funny. Yeah, like thing where the child just eats these eggs. Mm-hmm. He keeps and breaking into the cookie jar and eating these eggs which are valuable cargo. Yeah. And like it is funny and it's kind of cute and like Mando's like, no, don't do that. And it's like disciplining him a little bit, like a father and son relationship. But at the same time it's like you could exterminate her race. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's eating the final yeah. uh, final family line mm-hmm. here. Um, but this happens throughout the episode. He keeps sneaking eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually uh, it gets them in trouble. But first uh, they get on board and they're flying. Again, they can't take hyperspace because it'll damage the eggs. Um so they have to fly basically sublight speed. And this ends up attracting attention to Mando and he gets flanked by two X-Wing pilots. And if you remember from season one, you should recognize one of these pilots as Trapper Wolf, a.k.a. Dave Filoni, a.k.a. Uh, one of the pilots from Chapter Six of Season One, where they kind of blow up that yeah. base in in the middle of the space area. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's back as another little cameo since he's one of the creators of the yeah, show. Yeah, I would like to take this moment uh, in kind of the lead up to the Mandalorian season. Uh, we made a lot of predictions, and while breaking down one of the trailers, I was like, "Dang, it looks like Dave Filoni and Rick Famuyiwa." And them aren't going to be the pilots. Because I was like, the voices don't sound the same. But sure enough, I was wrong. And it, it is Dave Filoni. So, I mean, pleasant. <laughs> I've never been happier to be wrong, you know. Yes. I love me some Trapper Wolf. Let's <laughs> Trapper Wolf solo Disney, movie. Disney Plus original series. Yes. <laughs> it's just Trapper Wolf and his gang, like, going on super mediocre adventures. Just, like, policing. Yeah, it's a workplace <laughs> comedy. Yeah, <laughs> about X-wing pilots that swoop in and blow things up, but they do it very bored. Mm-hmm. Um. So, anyways, they get flanked by these two pilots, and I thought it was hilarious. Where they're talking to Mando, they're like, "You need to give us this thing. You need to turn on your uh, frequency so that like we can track you and all this like technical mumbo jumbo." And he's doing all this stuff, making some excuses, and finally complying. And then they say, hey, uh, switch over to uh, Channel 2. <laughs> and then you can't hear them talk anymore. Yeah. All of a sudden, their foils flip up into attack <laughs> mode. <laughs> and Mando's just like, uh-oh. Yeah. And he... uh, which we saw in the trailer, kind of the cloud well, uh, chase sequence. Well, yeah, but it was really awesome. So basically, he's getting space pulled over. And then they say the whole Channel 2 bit. And then they go back and they're like, uh, were you near so such and such detention center? Uh, 
which it, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is frankly, yeah, which is obviously five. that's the episode six from season one when they sprung that one Twi'lek guy from that prison. Like that was him. They used his ship, and so he's just like zoom, and then dips the razor crest down and like starts evading immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very funny. I only watched this episode once, yeah. but I, I have time. I need to watch it again because there were so many like. Little mm-hmm. hilarious beats in there that I I like you just forget about them, um, but they have this epic uh space chase or atmospheric chase because they're not in space they're in these clouds, and it's the ice planet that we saw from the trailer, um, and eventually the Razor Crest uh crash lands, and then <laughs> when it tries to take off again the ice beneath it crumbles and it just plummets mm-hmm. into this cavern. So the ship is pretty much completely destroyed. Um, and <laughs> this is obviously not good. Yeah. And lo and behold, the planet does not seem to be Ilum or anything no, like that. So It's just random ice planet that's near Tatooine. <laughs> um... So yeah, they they're on this ice planet. Their ship is destroyed. They need to get these eggs to the the father. And Frog Lady is an amphibian, so automatically I was thinking like she's they're gonna freeze to death. Like you don't have much time. You gotta get moving. Um, and we see kind of uh, she uses the old the droid from Chapter Six. This this references Chapter Six a lot. Mm. Um, she uses the head of the droid that he kind of blew up in his ship or blasted in his ship in that episode and kind of connects to it to use it as kind of a translator so they can actually understand each other a little bit. Um, and so while they uh, do this, he goes out to like repair the ship and the child is there and uh, tries to eat more eggs. for the eggs. Yes, and then the frog lady is missing. Um, so they, he goes to look for her, and he follows her footsteps, and there's just a random hot spring in this ice cave. Um, so she's just chilling in there with the eggs. Mm-hmm. Uh, just hilarious. Uh, she's just floating in the thing, and Baby Yoda gets into trouble because he finds these eggs laying around that aren't aren't the frog eggs. He but... he wants the frog eggs. Don't get <laughs> don't get it twisted, but Mando doesn't let him have them. <laughs> no. So he eats one of these eggs and all of a sudden all of them start to hatch into these spiders, which is terrifying and yeah. Just Not after we get a good 15 seconds of just graphic eating a spider. Baby Yoda just disgustingly <laughs> munches a spider. It's horrifying to watch. Yeah. It's revolting. It's... <laughs> um, so all these spiders start to hatch and then bigger ones show up and then huge ones show up. Or a huge one. And so they pack up the frog eggs Grab their grab her uh, robe that she was wearing, and they just take off for the ship because there's a wave of these spiders. Which, at first, um, everyone thought they were the spiders from Star Wars Rebels, but apparently they're 
not. They're just a similar species that's based off of the same concept yeah. art, uh, which is weird. I, I, I like it makes a lot more sense to just have one species of spider that looks like that instead of two that are similar. But whatever. <laughs> um, in my head canon, they're the same, but in canon, they are not. Um, so there's a crazy like shootout. It's actually kind of scary at some points, uh, which is a big contrast from the humor that uh, pervades the episode. Um, and like at some point, you think like you can't survive this. Like he's using all of his weapons. He's blasting them. He's using his flamethrower. He uh, does he use a missile? He's blasting them again. I don't. He uses he uses uh grenades. He uses. Um, but it is just like an all-out fight against like an endless wave of spiders, and there's giant spiders. Um, and then, like right when you think all hope is lost, you hear these familiar blaster sounds. And I was like, "What? What are are those X-wings? Are those stormtrooper blasters?" Um, but it it, it was X-wings, um, and it was the two pilots. The two pilots yeah. had found him and managed to shoot all these. Uh, well, saying it, kind of yeah, say, kind of saying it's X wings is a little misleading. It wasn't like the X wing shooting; they were parked in their X wings with the cockpit open, and they're strapped with the Draco, and they're just like sit, like leaning out of the cockpit, <laughs> well, and shooting at them. They got a huge one with the X wings because it did sound, it did sound like the ship lasers at first, but then it was different lasers. IDK, bro. But yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Um. <laughs> So I, I love seeing New Republic stuff in this episode, like when they pull him over and then this and they kind of talk to him and they're like, um, we heard you saved our guy and killed like a high value prisoner. Um, so we're going to let you go this time. And so that's referencing the events mm-hmm. of chapter six again. Um, and he's like, can you help me fix my ship? And they're just like, no. And then they fly off. No, I- <laughs> And I was like, He's like, he's like, look, this ship probably won't fly for a bit. I need to get somewhere. Could you give me a lift? Or like, could you call for help? And they're like, how about you fix the transponder on your ship? And then they were out of there. <laughs> it, it was so funny. Like, from what we've seen of the New Republic, it's these X-Wing pilots that are just like, so blah about their job they're just like yeah we're in charge now it's so much work like i'm just gonna take the easy road um which is so different from like luke and han and like the heroes of the new republic (laughs) instead it's just like normal i mean think about it they're tasked Uh, with just flying around empty space looking for ships (laughs) like like, they just yeah. stumble across the Razor Crest, and they're like, oh, let's pull this guy over. Let's space pull this guy over. <laughs> like, uh, it's, it's just no one so wants to work traffic just, duty. Why, why don't you fix your transponder and then zoom out of the cave? <laughs> oh, man. But it's kind of showing that, like, the New Republic isn't, like, they are the quote-unquote good guys, but, like, they're also just another government. Like, they're the new... They're the new empire, not as, like, tyrannical, but just as kind of bureaucratic, and... um, mm-hmm. They're just... They're a governmental system. Like, the the rebellion, or the re- new republic at this point, isn't all 
uh, Luke's and Leia's and Han's running out there with pure intentions and, uh, you know, they're not all uh, gung-ho about being good people. They're just like, yeah, this is our job. I forgot another hilarious beat from this, though. (laughs) When he was first getting pulled over, he was like, they're like talking. Then for some reason, Mando's like, okay, uh, uh, may the force be with you. <laughs> Doesn't he say? <laughs> no, they say, they say, may the force be with and you. Also and, with goes, you. and also with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Oh, man. It's funny. Um, and I'd seen people say like, wait a minute. He doesn't know what about the Jedi, but he knows about the force. And. Like, in the original trilogy, the Rebels just say, may the Force be with you. Like, it's just a phrase anymore. Yeah, like... You know, it's like saying God like bless. God bless or God speed, but like, like, yeah. Like, if people don't believe in God, they still say, like, all right, God bless, or whatever. Um, It's just, it's the same. But the, and also with you, <laughs> it's like... It reminds me of that yeah. John Mulaney bit. <laughs> Definitely. That's immediately uh, what I thought of, but... If you yeah, know what we're talking it's, about. It's real good. Um, so eventually Mando gets his ship fixed. And he flies off into space. Uh, presumably taking her back to the husband. And um, that's where the episode ends. So I'd seen a few complaints that like, oh, this was a filler episode. It didn't do anything for the story. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, which is kind of lame, I think. Like, mm-hmm. it's a character episode. It's showing Mando. Uh, it's, I think the biggest thing it did for me was showing more of like the New Republic's like role in the galaxy. Um, even even though it's like comedic and very small, like this is the state of the government right now. It's just like trying to keep order and they're like are you imperial we're trying to find imperial holdouts Mm. like you need to follow all of the space flying laws and uh that kind of thing so that that was like the most interesting element of it to me is like this period hasn't been explored on screen much before obviously like we have the aftermath books and um squadrons is in this period but like we haven't seen it we've read about it but haven't seen it so that's just interesting to me um and i think actually this is even farther out than aftermath and squadrons i think those are pretty immediate after episode six so this they've they're kind of semi-established at this point um and i guess now we're kind of naturally flowing into our review discussion uh, section but I, I would love to see from this show more like like I would love to see hollows of mm-hmm. like news around the or like Mon Mothma giving a speech or something to the entire galaxy like it's the five year anniversary of the Death Star's destruction or something like that uh, which seems kind of morbid and uh, but like, I, I would love to see more of the New Republic. And I assume we will. Like, they've been giving us little, like, hints of it. Like, it was so cool last season seeing the prison. And, like, oh, cool. The New Republic has, like, a prison system. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of set up. So that's the most interesting part of this episode to yeah. me. And uh, 
like you said, it very much is a character-driven episode, and the thing it does is it, like, gives Baby Yoda a little bit of character. Because, like, obviously everyone loves him. He's great. He's cute. But that's all he has been, you know? Just kind of, like, cute, and then occasionally he uses the Force. But, like, um, this really highlights the relationship between Mando and the child. And, like, I feel like it's the first time they're, like, really in conflict. Like, Baby Yoda, like, gets sad because, like, um, the Mandalorian has to, like, rebuke him, like, and has to, like, punish him. <laughs> and so yeah. he, like, like walks away sad and stuff. I'm like, oh, like, oh, like, I don't <laughs> And, uh, yeah. that's one of... He runs, doesn't he run quite a yeah, bit in this episode? Moving. He moves pretty fast a mm-hmm. few times in there. I Yeah, and then out. there's also a few times where, like, with the spiders, like, at one point, they run into the ship, and there's all these small spiders scurrying after them. And he's trying to, like, hold... He, like, shuts the doors of the cockpit, but, like, just barely, so he can, like, shoot through the crack and, like, kind of, like, bottleneck the spiders. But some still, like, manage to get in. Then one's, like... Like, descends from its web, like, right on Baby Yoda's head, and it's, like, crying. I'm like, no! <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely some good... Or bad Baby Yoda moments, I guess. Not bad because they're like, boo, like, we hate Baby Yoda, but, like, he's, <laughs> you know, he he's making mistakes that he's murdering frog children <laughs> out here. I don't know, man. The first the first time he sucked down one of those eggs, the entire room was just I was like, like what? 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 <laughs> what? Did he just do that? And then he kept doing it. And we're like, what is wrong yeah. with you, kid? But it was it was a loving. Yeah, he probably ate with you. like three or four, and I was like waiting for the frog lady to be like, "I swear there was more." <laughs> like she never. <laughs> I was waiting for her to like freak yeah, out. Yeah, she and never run away brought it up to them. And like even when she's like yeah. in the hot spring, kind of swimming, like Baby O like clearly reaches for one right in front of her, and he doesn't eat it right then. But maybe she's like, "Yo, what the heck are you doing?" <laughs> yeah. Um. I keep forgetting that the Mandalorian has a name and we just call him the Mandalorian. Yeah. But yeah, his name is Din and I'm like but what the if, Mandalorian. I to... I called him Din last episode, I feel like, and it was like weird and I didn't want to do it again. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's because no one calls mm-hmm. him Din. The only person who's ever called him that was Moff Gideon and he said it to like intimidate him. So it feels weird yeah. calling him that. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, it was very, uh, very, like, I get that the plot wasn't, like, people thought it would be Boba Fett, and I, I didn't think it would be, I wondered if it would be, but I had no idea, and I was like, well, I guess we'll find out, but it was definitely, like, showing him and the child's relationship, um, it also gave him not not necessarily a, a foil because a foil is a character mm-hmm. who's like the opposite of them, but like someone that you can see similarities with. Like he has the child and she has her eggs and like she is doing so much to like have these eggs like mm-hmm. obviously develop into other frog people, but he is like also a father and like 
kind of a parent figure to the child. So that was an interesting dynamic where it's kind of like putting it right in your face, the idea that he's Mm -hmm. a dad. And like, I think he, he like holds his hand at some point and the child holds his finger. So like, it's showing that they're close and like that cold open is like, you can literally take anything that I own. Just give me that child. And, um, so I remember in, the Entertainment Weekly big piece that they did on The Mandalorian, uh, we covered it a while ago. That was one of the things John Favreau had said. He was like, yeah, like the relationship between the child and the Mandalorian is like really going to develop in a way that I think our readers will like. So I'm wondering if like maybe like the end of the season is like he finds like whoever or whatever he's supposed to give like the child up to. And then they're like, no, like, you're its father. Like, you should... He was like, I know how much you, like, love him and care for him and stuff. That'd kind of be cute. I don't know if that'll happen at all. That's just baseless. But... Like, if they did, like, if they did a twist on the I am your father from yeah, like Empire you're Strikes his Back. Um, and they're... Yeah, if they say, yeah. like, you are his father. But also this like episode... That. This episode yeah. is kind of interesting to me. So, like, obviously the first episode, this picks up, like, almost directly after that. Like, pretty soon after that. But, like, as far as, like, the episode as a whole, it's, like, completely, like, different. Even though, like, it's a completely different story despite happening, like, directly from the first episode to the second episode. And before we started recording, Mm -hmm. you said that, like, yeah, apparently, like, the next episode is going to be the episode we've seen of, like like when they're on the boat and like there's that hooded like woman on the boat or whatever that's got me thinking like if yeah but like i'm not positive about yeah if that were the case well yeah that's what i'm thinking as well because like if it's like a like an aquatic world like she's amphibious like it very well could be her home world i suppose Mm. and so like if or or maybe it'll start off like it'll start the episode with him mm. dropping her off and like she won't be in the episode but then they'll be like yeah the mandalorian thing is on this island out yeah. in the middle of the ocean and then she'll they'll have to go yeah, on so the that's boat what i'm saying whatever. like if it goes episode in the episode and then like all the episodes are directly tied together but not like in the direct plot of the episode you know what i mean like the episode before mm-hmm. it serves as a vessel to like relocate the next episode and set up that one story you know like i think that's pretty interesting yeah yeah um i also wonder obviously we have to go back Mm -hmm. to tatooine like have to we have to find out what boba fett's doing um because like i i don't think he's flying anywhere because they showed him on tatooine and that's where he fell into the pit. And he has the Tuscan weapons. So it seems like that's where he is. So that's where he's going to confront mm-hmm. Mando when and if that happens. So I feel like they are also maybe going to use Tatooine as like a home base. Like a, a place where he's like launching all these missions from. Like he's going to Mos Pelgo coming back to Mos Eisley, doing this other thing. Um, he's going to have to come back at some point. So, like, maybe he's 
not stationed there because he he went there after getting a tip, but maybe like for this season at least, or maybe like the first few episodes or at least, he's going to kind of keep coming back to most Eisley for like to regroup yeah, and or I get mean, another tip. He's guaranteed to come back at least once because there's that shot of like him greeting Greek Karga and uh Cara Dune and they are on Tatooine like with the rebuilding the bounty hunters guild to my understanding. Um so he will have to go see them, I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um but what was interesting is the description people were sharing online was like it said something about like um like a seafaring journey, I think, which is why people were like, Oh, it's the boat episode. And it also said and unlikely allies or something along those lines. So people were like, ooh, I wonder, does that mean kind of the Sasha Banks character that we saw in the trailer, mm-hmm. the mysterious hooded figure? Um, I think that's likely. Um, and then other people were like, oh, maybe maybe the Mandalorian con- uh, not convert, covert that he's going to look for is Bo-Katan's um, covert. And I'm like, yeah, I would love to see Bo. I want to see someone. Bo Katan so bad. Now, now that they gave us Boba Fett and Cobb Vance in Episode One, I'm like, dude, I need to see. I need to see. Uh, I need yeah. to see the Bean. I need to see Bo Katan. I need to see all the Mandalorians. I need to see everybody. Um, still don't think Ahsoka is gonna show up though. I think if and when Ahsoka shows up last episode or the episode right before and like that even could factor into like what i was saying like maybe like ahsoka is the person he finds at the end of the line and she just has like a very sage kind of presence about her like obviously she probably knows more about the force than any living person at this point (laughs) like you know what i think just based on like the ending of the last one, I think what would be a crazy ending, and I think could be. Oh, I won't say I think this is how it's going to end because that's a ridiculous statement. But like, if the show ends where Moff Gideon gets the child, flies off, and um, then the Mandalorian and whoever are surrounded by kind of like the death troopers or whatever his goons on Tatooine and they had kind of um, Mm -hmm. like if they were supposed to meet somebody on Tatooine to like discuss the child with but Moff Gideon found out stole the child ran away and they're surrounded now and then Ahsoka shows up and she's the person that they were supposed to meet and it ends with her kind of saving them and then like that's how the season ends I, I don't think Ahsoka is going to do as much as people think she's yeah. going to do in this season, at least. And I don't think they're just going to throw her in there all of a sudden in like a huge way either, because this is the Mandalorian. And I think they know to they, they know that this show is like supposed to be kind of a mm. separate thing. So I think if they involve Ahsoka, it'll be very slowly, and I think the perfect way for them to do that is literally just make her, like, the final kick of the season, and then drop it. And then, like, season three will pick up with 
maybe she'll have a role in it, but she's going to be very limited, I think, in this season. Um, and, like, I have no evidence to support that idea for how the show will end, but I think, like, I definitely think Ahsoka's not showing up till yeah. the end, and I think if that's the case, like, I totally... I can 100% see them using her that way, like as the big reveal at the end, like the Darksaber moment uh, at the end of season one, where the last shot is like, holy cow, this guy's yeah. got the Darksaber, and then it, I think this one's going to end like, oh shoot, yeah. Ahsoka Interesting you bring up. that up. I saw a very cool um, theory so let me oh let me pull it up here. So basically it said wouldn't it be cool if oh my gosh everything's blocked on this school laptop. <laughs> so yeah. So um it's this theory and talking about like maybe Bo-Katan's covert like what if he meets up with Bo-Katan and Ahsoka like at the same time cuz like obviously they have some sort of uh, shared Huh? Now we uh, they do if know they each know, other. yeah, because they, they know each past. other. And another thing I saw, if he is indeed returning to um, Tatooine, apparently crate dragon pearls, which we saw the Tusken Raiders lift out of the crate dragon, uh, yeah, uh, have like some sort of I don't know if it is Kyber, but some sort of thing within it, like a shard of it, can be used instead of a kyber crystal to power a lightsaber and i'm pretty sure that's what's used to like power the dark saber <laughs> so what if he returns mm-hmm. to tatooine with like bokatan and ahsoka and like ahsoka like builds him a dark saber to challenge moff gideon with <laughs> yeah i think i think that's from yeah. uh knights of the old republic where you can get a crate dragon pearl and um create a lightsaber with it um since it's shiny and like white i saw people what if they give him like a white saber i don't know what they would call it though because they have the dark saber and the light like they can't just call it the lightsaber maybe it's the day saber or something or the sun saber i don't know he is like yeah, he is like sounds the cool, Mandalorian. Like all of this Mandalorian culture, like in Star Wars, is like now swirling around him. Like, if he's gonna be yeah. kind of in the center of meeting all these Mandalorian characters, like I don't think it's that like hard of a stretch to like see that. Maybe not make his own, but at least wield the dark saber because like. Yeah, I think he's at least going to mm-hmm. use the dark saber and like maybe end up with it, but I think yeah. he'll at least use it during the course of the show. He could end up with it and like become the ruler of Mandalore, though I don't think he's the kind of person that I mean, that is would there even that. a Mandalore anymore? Um, well, that's the thing we don't really know. Um I saw an interesting thing was like um what if the Jedi Purge was they destroyed the planet Mandalore with the second dark or Death Star? Like before the events of Return of the Jedi or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
like they destroyed it or something. But that doesn't really make sense because everyone thought it was not wasn't operational yet. Yeah. So yeah, I, I don't I don't buy into that. But it was just an interesting thing I saw. Um, but like if Mandalore was somehow destroyed, like there's a reason why all these Mandalorian coverts are spread throughout the galaxy. So we're eventually gonna find out what happened in the the purge of Mandalore. Um I think it would be cool if he got the dark saber and created like a a yeah, a lightsaber. Light <laughs> like if he created a white lightsaber, a white saber, um, and had the dark saber, and then like they could say like, oh, he rules the night and day of Mandalore or something. something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, but like, I I definitely agree with you. Like everything, like I feel. Like, he is the focal point of the Mandalorian story in Star Wars. And, like, everything's gonna close on him. That's that's kind of... My biggest concern with the show at the start was, like, this seems just like they're making a bounty hunter show. And instead of using Boba Fett, they're like, let's just make a knockoff Boba Fett. And now it's like, oh, I get it, like there are like Mandalorian lore is like all coming together. Like, like, um, the, they reference the clone wars directly and death watch and the Mandalorians are like in hiding because they were destroyed and someone presumably is going to unite them again. And it's (laughs) like, Oh, okay. (laughs) There's a reason why they chose a different character than Boba Fett to do all these things is because Boba Fett is not the guy yeah. for this story. I mean, it he is the guy for the uh, story, but... just not the main character. Uh, we're gonna Oh yeah, he's gonna be like he's gonna be like a villain. Like how in in uh in Breaking Bad they have like the random like drug dealer at the, in like the first season that they kill Tuco or Salamanca. Yeah, Tuco. And then there's just like other just random villains here and there, but like the main villain and is also the show, ironically Giancarlo Esposito <laughs> is the yeah. same actor. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Man, Breaking Bad's such a good show. If you oh, are man. of the proper age group to watch that show, I couldn't recommend it enough. Holden, yes, watch it. Um. <laughs> um. So, I, we kind of we kind of rabbit trailed but, away from chapter ten, but um, but it it was definitely like we definitely agree that the episode wasn't the kind of episode that chapter nine was. Like it, it definitely was more of a bottle episode, but it did have like the beginning and the ending connect to yeah. presumably the and next for- piece and the piece before it. But it was like the events were definitely kind of like we said, weird and kind of humorous and they didn't they didn't impact yeah. the overall story and, uh, that much. For people I, I don't really share this opinion, but for people who are just like, oh it's a filler episode, like what the heck? Like would you rather it be like episodes like the second to last episode is just a filler episode about a frog lady? Like like, this is how shows kind of work. Like, they <laughs> ramp up. Like, the fact that there is no, like, big reveal or big drop in this episode 
just builds more suspense for like the next episode or like you know like that's how mm. television is <laughs> yeah like if 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 we don't get boba fett until episode five we've now been anticipating boba mm-hmm. fett for a month <laughs> rather yeah. than six days so it's it's just like how the cookies that's how, crumbles, that's how shows work like they're gonna they're gonna hit you with they're going to hit you with a teaser early on, but you're not going to get the payoff until they've built up the yeah, weeks I of mean, anticipation for it. Have we heard anything about the Darksaber since the last episode? No. They're still... They're still... Uh, no. Yeah, they're still playing They're still us playing for us that. for that. It's been so, I mean... We haven't even met the other two yeah. main characters in the show yet. We have not met Cara Dune and Grief Karga again, and we are almost uh, by episode three. We'll be one away from halfway. Don't even say that; it'll never end. <laughs> Season two, we're only a we'll never of the end. Way in. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. Just watching this episode, like I can't. I didn't get why people would be upset about it. Just from, like, a basic knowledge of how television works. and Like, there are episodes that don't contribute to the main plot in, in every show. Like, even even a show like, um, like Breaking Bad or like Game of Thrones has an episode here and there where it's, like, nothing huge happened. But it's just, like, you get to know characters more. You get to see them in new situa- scenarios where... You get yeah. to see like new elements I mean, of them. And for example, in Breaking Bad, of... there's an episode where there's just a pesky fly flying around their lab. Yeah, he's, right I, it's just a pesky fly flying around their lab, and he's like, "I won't cook until we get rid of this fly." And like nothing really happens except you just see like how broken Walt has really become, and it's like a big like kind of like insight mm-hmm. into the character like kind of a revelation there and that's also what this is like this is like the start of what i feel like will become a a very moving fatherhood kind of arc Hmm. yeah um but yeah that that's about it this is probably going to be or this is going to be a shorter episode than our normal ones mm-hmm. just because of the nature of the episode like the plot is really simple there aren't that many um like moments to talk Mm -hmm. about like in chapter nine obviously it's also a shorter episode uh in general um by like 10 minutes i think maybe more um but uh yeah so uh we love the frog lady we stand dr mandible and um (laughs) we stand we stand trapper wolf as well um yeah any X-wing pilot that and just hates their job and but does maybe it anyway. Kelly Moto becomes like a recurring character. It seems like I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Amy Sedaris belongs in Star Wars. Okay, her character's great. I love. I loved when she was like, ha, "Idiots array," yeah. and like just defeats him in Sabacc. It's great. Uh, but yeah, anyways, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next Monday. For chapter <laughs> eleven, bankruptcy. 
no, that's not what it's called. <laughs> that's not what it's called. But chapter eleven is when you go bankrupt. So <laughs> that was my dumb pun of the day. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we- thank you for listening to Lando's Lounge. Lando's Lounge can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and more. If you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing us with a friend or rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. To engage with us on social media, follow at Lando's Lounge Podcast on Instagram and like and follow the Lando's Lounge page on Facebook. To ask a question for our Q&A segment, The Carbon Freeze, Engage with us in comment sections or shoot us a DM for the possibility of your question being featured. The intro music to this podcast is Star Wars Cantina Band Closed on Sunday Lo-Fi Remix. Thank you again for listening and tune in to the next episode.